Zone Three Podcast. I am Robert, and we are here today with Pete Jablonka. Nice to meet you, Pete. On the Zoom, we've also got with Ryan Huber, Neil Huber, and Dr. Sidinger. Nice to meet you guys as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Welcome. So we're here to discuss well remote scanning in general, but you guys are affiliated with what company? Alpha RT. And you guys are all business partners, I take it. Correct. So if we can kind of just go around the room, which roles do you guys play? So I am co-founder and I am in charge of the technologists of hiring technologists, making sure that they're they're meeting the requirements, uh, making sure that they're doing quality work and just assessing new, new hires. Okay. And then uh, I guess we'll go with Neil first. Hey guys, thanks for coming. Um, so Neil Huber, Vice President of Partnerships for Alpha RT. Uh, I also oversee education. So uh, what does that actually mean, right? So uh, building out the uh, MRI Tech Aid program curriculum, working with the uh, clinical sites, our clinical partners, and developing relationships for Alpha. So uh, happy to be here and uh, look forward to work with you guys today. You got kind of a background in education. Right? I believe you're in charge of Pulse Radiology. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I founded Pulse uh, back in 2016. Uh, we exited this past year, actually a year ago today, um, and also uh, founder and CEO of Pulse Radiology Institute. So got a lot, a lot of irons in the fire. And we, it's a family business. So we've got your brother, Ryan Neil, Ryan Hilbert. Uh, nice to meet you as well, Ryan. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. Thanks for uh, stopping by and giving us uh, some time to talk about uh, a hot topic here, uh, remote scanning. Uh, my role here in the company is uh, to handle the nuts and bolts, the day-to-day operations. So uh, the financial side, the legality side, uh, working with our uh, partners to get them onboarded, uh, as well as some of our uh, technological uh, initiatives that we're working on at the moment, which we could touch on later, um, and the capitalization side of the business. And then last but not least, Dr. Sinitra, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us. Yep, thank you for having us. So, uh, Satinder Riki, I'm a practicing radiologist uh, with specialty in musculoskeletal radiology. So, you know, my my big role on the team is quality and making sure, you know, our output is both um, exceptional, but also safe. Um, so quality and regulation is where I kind of have a hat. I also assist with IT and some kind of the, te- the technical outside of the actual scanning um, kind of issues. And I also uh, help with business strategy, like moving forward, kind of our game plan as we expand and uh, increase our operations. And I'd like to touch on your, your intentions of expanding, because I imagine you guys see yourself in five to 10 years as growing, progressing in industry probably diversified in ways. What's your intentions there? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we want to expand. We want to expand at a cautious and um, leveled pace, meaning that what we're doing is we, we find it is, you know, very important and very uh, kind of innovative. But at the same point, it, uh, it a lot of people are interested and want to grow with us and, and move fast. But our whole goal is we want to expand, but we want to do it at a, a leveled pace, meaning that we want to provide the best quality of service and safety, but also um, making sure that we can help people who really have a high need. As you know, there's a huge dearth of technologists and, you know, every day people are telling us, you know, either the technologists are calling out for people we're covering or people can't hire other technologists. So I think in, in our sense, the business is there and we see ourselves growing, you know, very fast in MRI right now. Our focus is only in MRI um, for now uh, with the future we're looking at expanding to, you know, CT and other aspects, but I think we're just at this point kind of balancing that, that high demand with us wanting to make sure we're able to 
deliver exceptional service, quality, and safety? I would say that, you know, the backbone of any successful business is you're coming up with solutions to fix problems, right? And so remote scanning, what problems do you see there? What solutions have you come up with? So we started this company in 2019. We did not start taking a single picture until last year. Um, we basically sat together, brainstormed every possible scenario that could go wrong, that would go wrong. We were manual forward. We, um, we decided on uh, people that, 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 that weren't um, jiving with what we're doing or coordinated what we're doing. We, we, we not, we're not signing contracts with them. Uh, Neil can speak to this too. Uh, safety is our most concern as everybody else. That's why we created uh, an MRAT, MRTA program uh, that Neil can uh, attest to. And so that's Jermar Tech Assist and our Tech Aid, right? Correct. Okay. And so what is that program? How long is it? Um, what's the trainer like? Yeah, thanks. Um, so the MRI Tech Aid program, and like Pete was saying, um, the foundation of this entire uh, operation is safety, right? So when we think about, you know, removing a technologist that's traditionally on site and pulling them to a remote scanning hub, you know, we have to be able to uh, provide a strong foundation of responsible, uh, confident, and highly skilled trained MRI tech aides, right? So this on-site practitioner role has to be, you know, thought through and is the pivotal piece to this entire, entire uh, you know, wave of where we're going. And so, uh, like Pete was saying back in 2019, we did not touch a patient. You know, we did not scan a patient. We brainstormed and figured out that is where we need to build, uh, alpha RT is, uh, that remote, that, that on-site practitioner. So when we kind of peel back the onion and really get to the core, uh, it's MRI safety, right? So uh, what we're doing is we've put together several, I guess you can say, backgrounds that work well to become eligible for uh, either the MRI tech aid role, one being uh, EMTs, paramedics, those that are traditionally found, uh, you know, within that uh, crucial healthcare sector. Uh, in addition to that, we can sort of open that that scope up a little bit to essentially the folks that are already on site, those front desk workers that are looking for a growth opportunity within their current, uh, with their current employer. So that's another way. And then also another one, if you kind of go about a little bit further, is the service industry. So the folks that work in hotels, the, the folks that are serving, you know, the current, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, economy, right? So if we kind of take all those and we sort of create this, I guess, eligibility pathway. We could say to ourselves, yes, they can make it. And essentially, when we look at that curriculum, obviously the most important part is this MRI safety. So we start there. It's a nine-week program, okay? And it's bifurcated, right? We're going to kind of hear that word bifurcated quite a bit in this conversation. But there's education, and then, the, then there is the practical training piece. So the education, we'll just sort of focus on that for a moment. It's a nine-week program. Okay, we start off with a uh, pretty much an overview of what the day in the life of an MRI tech aid would be like. Okay, so what are the common situations? What's the processes and policies and procedures of that MRI tech aid, right? As we continue on week two, it's a level two personnel safety training. So we start there, okay, and we sort of build every certain scenario that could happen on site uh, as an MRI practitioner, right? So as we kind of continue on 
Pete, myself, Dr. Reiki, and, and Ryan kind of figured out what else needs to happen here uh, to become a certified MRI tech aid. And when we look at it, we say it needs to almost be an MRI tech itself without the technical piece. So we're pulling out all the parameters. We're pulling out all of the understanding TRT, all that tough stuff that we've all been through together, right? So when we peel that out, you're actually left with an MRI tech aid because at the same, in that same concept, we are all MRI tech aids, right? But an MRI tech takes that next step, which is, which is that technical piece. So week three focuses on medical terminology, okay? So we need to be able to understand how to read a script. What does, you know, a certain rule out look, uh, sound like? What, yeah, what is it really looking for? Um, and then how does that rule out, you know, uh, determine, you know, where to position on a knee? Perfect example, uh, quad tear, right? MRI knee, rule out quad tear. What are we going to do? Are we going to position like a normal knee? No, we're going to we're going to position a little bit superior because you want to ensure you're capturing the quad tear. These are the things that we're teaching. Okay, so that's the week three is the medical terms. As we continue on, we talk about equipment within the MRI machine. We take the shell of the MRI unit, we take it off, we see what's inside. We want them to actually learn why are we padding patients? Why are we not crossing legs? Why are we not the uh, you know uh, decoupling uh, the, 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 the coil uh, plug, right? All of these things matter. We talk about our frequency pulses, gradient pulses, everything within the actual equipment component. As we move on, uh, very robust training in anatomy. So we're learning you know, a pretty substantial amount of anatomy and specifically learning the landmarks, right? And the positioning. So each, um, we have you know training videos for each body part from head to toe, talking about landmarks, talking about how to position, what are some common troubleshooting for positioning, right? You might have a heavy set patient for a shoulder. How do we get that to work, right? Um, so there are a whole bunch of troubleshooting techniques there. And as we sort of continue throughout the program, uh, we talk about codes, right? We talk about, you know, quenching. Um, you know, if we're in a hospital setting or a regular imaging network, these are all things that need to be acknowledged and learned. Uh, so that's the, the, the didactic portion. From there, you end it at after the content and you move on to your clinical training. Okay. So clinical training is composed of being on site at an actual MRI center, zone three, zone four, under the supervision of an ARRT or armored technologist. And what that uh, MRI tech aid uh, trainee must do is three components for each body part. They must conduct, um, uh, I believe it's five, uh, 50. Uh, MRI screenings independently signed off by an ART or armored technologist. They have to position two of each body part in, uh, independently signed off by an ART or armored technologist. And then they must position uh, two, body, uh, two times for every single body part uh, independently signed off by an ART technologist. So once those two part A and part B are complete, they come together, they're eligible for their certificate exam. They complete that certificate exam 75% uh, uh, or above. You pass, you get three attempts to take it, very similar to what we do uh, with the ART technologist. So hopefully that uh, you know allows a deeper look into the MRI Tech Aid program and kind of where he started with the inception of it. I just want to touch on one thing that Neil just... Uh... Neil's articulation of the MRTA and like the role that it plays in the whole operation, I think is just one 
example of the depth of thought that we've provided to each of the components of the business. And to touch on what Pete laid out at the beginning um, and that Neil uh, piggybacked on was that you know we started so long ago and deliberately spent a fair amount of time. And the analogy that we use is that before we began the road trip, we looked down the road and found every pothole that we could imagine and figured out how to fill them. Uh, the MR Tech 8 is probably the largest pothole. And I think uh, it's it's pretty clear that um, we've given the correct amount of thought um, to it in solving that problem. Um, but we find ourselves in this unique position where, you know, no one, none of our imaging partners has come to us and said, hey, FRT, we'd like you to help us make for a uh, safer operation, right? They're coming to us to solve a different problem, an economic problem. Uh, one that is focused on uh, staffing shortage. And so we find ourselves in this position of being, you know, the innovative startup that has to pump the brakes a little bit and say, no, 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 this is new, of course, uh, but safety comes first. And here are the parameters that we need to put in place before we scan a single patient. Uh, and so that's, I think, just indicative of our approach as a company and our philosophy as individuals. Um, but I think, Neil, your articulation of uh, the Tech 8, I think, is one of the best examples of that. And the certificate is not the end of their training. That's just the beginning. When, they, when they're interacting with the, with the technologists, the, the VRT, as we call them, virtual radiology technologists, um, and they interact and they learn every day uh, from the technologists that they work with. So that that's... Well, as a scanning technologist, I can tell you, it sounds very reassuring you've given it this much thought. I could see now why this this first this thought first came up in 2019, and here we are, 2023, almost into 2023. Took a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, due diligence is the first word that comes or first term that comes up to mind. And kudos to you because I think that there's a lot of concern. Well, I know there is. I, I, in fact, I put out a poll online um, asking people what were the pros and cons to remote scanning. And I tell you, man, the overall, the overwhelming response was a lot of concern, a lot of skepticism. And I'd like to address that today, but it sounds like were you giving just something, a, a component such as the tech aid, so much thought? Well, it tells to me you're giving everything else thought too. Cause, uh, like you said, at the end of the day, they're just a tech minus the human image acquisition, but they're still learning about what RF does and the consequences to that, because a lot of people, they know metal is not safe, but they probably haven't thought about RF and the consequences of that as well. So they don't know the Lorenz effect, but they know what a loop recorder is. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this can be a pathway for a lot of them if they're looking to accelerate or, or get into healthcare. So, you know, we always think of, you know, the field's going to grow and how do we grow, train people and you have to start somewhere. So like Neil was saying, getting people from outside of potentially healthcare this is a nice introduction instead of having to do, you know, full 18 month training to get your, you know, uh, full MR, CT or um, kind of certificate. So this kind of get, lets people kind of get in early, get on the ground floor, but really train with high level, you know, technologists and really understand what the field is and what it could be. And then, you know, they next could be an MRI tech or something. I believe there's two, two of them that I spoke to that are going to go to MR school just because they started off as a, a tech aide. I've known a few techs who started off as tech aides, but this is in a more formal setting. And so it's official. I mean, you, it comes with a certification, correct? Yes. And and so that in itself could be put on a resume and, and along with the experience. But um, I know at my facility where I work, Reggie and I both work, 
um, that, you know, if you can come to us with some sort of like uh, credentials, it definitely helps you jump in line in front of other candidates that are applying for the same position. Yes. And you're right. I think that you, as far as like pathway goes, immediately what my mind went to was a lot of times you'll start, I'm, I personally, my path was, as I started off as a transporter while I was in school for the x-ray, you know, and then you get it. I would, then I became a practical tech as soon as I got the comps. And then as soon as I graduated and then became an RT, but, um, this is just one step sooner you can get into healthcare, specifically imaging. You know, Rob, plus we've been, you know, we've been hearing MRI tech aids for how many years now? You know, I've been working with MRI tech aids my whole entire career, and it just never had the, I guess, um, the, the clean encapsulating certification around it, right? So it's, it's a, a little bit well overdue. So uh, essentially we're kind of, you know, uh, hashing that out, but also fortifying it for, you know, what's, what's, what's coming down the pike here with remote scanning. So here we are in 2023. You guys said you started in 2019. You had to kind of pump the brakes. And I think that's a good way of saying it. I like your analogy with the potholes and all that. But And now you guys are on the road. You're driving down that road trip. Uh, what are some of the obstacles that you've come across that maybe you didn't see initially? Sure. So for the beginning, um, you know, we're, we're excited to start. We, we, uh, we're speaking with, uh, I won't name them, the, the place because I just don't want to talk bad about anybody. Um, they wanted to take some shortcuts in, in, in the way that we do this. They wanted to get in, get on, uh, using one tech aid, uh, for multiple trailers, uh, or multiple sites at different levels of floors. And, um, we just did not like the way they were seeing the future with remote scanning. So we backed out, we lost money. Uh, we lost money because we, we, we did not sign the contract. So well, I respect it. It's called integrity. Yeah. You know? Um, to this day, as we sit, sit here, end of 23, how many patients have you scanned? Well, you can see it live on our website. Um, but Ryan, do you have that number? Uh, yeah, at last count, we were at around, uh, 8,500 as of yesterday. And, oh, uh, yeah. and the big so that, yeah, and that, and that, um, that number is increasing, uh, at an exponential rate. That's a term that gets overused and used uh, incorrectly, but it truly is sort of accelerating in its growth, which is really wonderful to see because um, it, it's uh, it's a, a testament uh, to our partners' trust in us um, and the results that we have provided. But also, I think it's it's um, sort of a, a vote in favor of how you know we're approaching this uh, technology and that this paradigm shift. Um, so uh, we're humbled by that, um, uh, but we're also sort of laser focused on the road ahead uh, and making sure that, uh, you know, I think we're staying in our lane at the moment, um, make sure that we're not driving into any potholes, but also aware of any cars in uh, the lanes next to us that might be swerving in our direction um, and trying to stay the course. We think that our strategy and our philosophy is the right one um, and that will uh, carry us forward. Yeah, we had 10K by RSNA. And it's really not about the numbers either. It's just, I, I relate it to weightlifting. I'm a weightlifter and I always get the question, how much can you bench? It's, I'm here every day. I'm, I'm here five times a week. The, the strength comes because I'm here five times a week. So that's where the numbers are coming from. And another thing, you know, is uh, what we're kind of doing as we're moving forward is we kind of sit back and like, yes, like we have, we have 
customers, right? We're scanning patients, things are going well, but we also sit back and say, all right, guys, how are we doing here? Right. Are we doing, you know, are we doing, you know, a great thing here? Are we pushing this forward correctly? Um, I actually just, uh, you know, lectured at the Armored conference in Las Vegas uh, a couple of weeks ago. And the message there was, I want to hear from all the other MRI techs out there, right? I want to hear from, you know, uh, the other brilliant minds that are, that are kind of out there. Um, you know, where, where should we focus? Like, are we missing something essentially? So, um, it was a great opportunity to sort of air it out there, um, in Vegas and, uh, you know, kind of meet a lot of people and kind of hear their feedback on, on remote scanning. So, and Neil, just on that point, I just want to tie in Rob's question to the last topic you addressed, um, as it relates to MR tech aid and also, you know, one of the potholes. So I think, and Pete, this is going to be in your wheelhouse, but, uh, I think one of the primary uh, distinctions here and how we sort of layer on belt and suspenders in our operations is the timeout. Um, and so that's critical to our operations. Um, Pete, I think, you know, you're most intimately connected to it. Do you want to just sort of walk everyone through what the concept is and what the, the intent is for it and what we mean to accomplish with the timeout? Sure. So I'll basically start from like day one, the first patient of the morning, right? Uh, the, the, the technologist, the VRT, will review the script and will review all the paperwork on online on first. Uh, the, the MRTA will interview the patient and get them ready. And then we do something called a timeout where, where, where we talk, the VRT and the MRTA talk to each other. And we go down the list, patient's name, date of birth, uh, body part that we're doing, the laterality, if, there's a, if, there, if it's right or left. Um, is there anything in their body that they were not born with? Is is a is a great question. Uh, Bill Faulkner told us that one. Um, any kind of implants, and if there's an implant, we discuss it. If it was if it was vetted, um, we vet, we also vet them as well. Uh, we've even caught a few that the 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 site said that it was okay to do, and then we double checked, and it wasn't respectful. We just went back to them and told them. If we are not in alignment, we do not do the patient. You know, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get a third party involved, or we'll just reschedule the patient. So um, that's how that works. Yeah, and this is on top of the screening form that's already done. So this is an added layer when you think of like the process. These patients have already been screened. We've reviewed those screening sheets, but we implemented, uh, you know, kind of catch all. You know, the Swiss cheese model kind of aspect where you know every once in a while these holes line up. So we're what our whole process is here is adding layers of redundancy even that will make certain that anything gets caught, like Pete was saying two or three implants were, were kind of caught with that. Just not only have we already reviewed the screening form, the script, everything else before the patient even gets on the table with our, our BRTs themselves, because we have access to our client's risk, but also, you know, the MRTA over time is also learning how to, how to, how to alert us about any issues or anything else. So. That happens, and then on top of that, right before any buttons are pressed or any you know any fields are put on, is this secondary form that we document every this that it was. It's not just you know because they see it raw; it just happens over time, and you and you forget. But we have an, an actual toggle on a, on a form that our BRTs have to fill out, make sure that they did this every time, um, and sign off that it was done well with any issues. And you know, talk, going back to the numbers along those lines, we've had 
zero callbacks. So those 8,500 people that were related to any of our scanning, there was, you know, I think maybe one, a radiologist wanted to expand the field of view, which is something, you know, we checked the protocol is fine, but, oh, but, you know, working in a practice of myself and knowing how many patients I call back, I think the industry standard is four or 5% of patients that do get called back for some reason. So, you know, I think we really value that, that we've been not only been able to maintain that safety and stand patients without issues, um, but also have, you know, none of them have to come back and, and obviously their satisfaction has been great. And, you know, I'm in touch with the radiologists and, you know, I've only heard great things about, um, you know, our standing and our, our techs. Um, and we could talk more about, you know, the, the training of our specific techs, but overall, you know, we, we, we really, uh, try to kind of, to make sure that we're doing everything on safety side, efficiency side, and, you know, image quality side to, to give the best possible service. Like guys are going to make fun of me because I'm always speaking in metaphors. Um, but uh, the the timeout uh, is sort of akin to a pre-flight checklist between a pilot and co-pilot. So they, they run through the same list every time. And you'd think that they'd get bored of saying the same thing, but they go through it every single time and they do it before uh, uh, the wheel moves an inch, not right before they're about to take off. It's before they leave the gate. They run through every single point. And so that's how we approach um, uh, every scan, it's the level of importance of a, a plane full of 150 people. It's the same level of detail and rigor and due diligence that we take every time. Um, and you know, in that checklist, sometimes we mix up the order of the questions so that people don't, you know, out of muscle memory, sort of go down the list. So that's just another example of the how in the weeds we get as it relates to operations and making sure that everything is done uh, to the T. If uh, one time uh, a place wanted to start doing um, a TBI, right? so they we had DTI, but none of their techs knew how to do it. And I said, I know how to do it. So uh, we, uh, the radiologist sat at the console when I I built the DTI program for them. Uh, it's, he was so elated with it that he wanted to start a, a, a TBI program there in, 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 this, in this facility for it. So we do help that way as well. You're expanding everybody's knowledge, it sounds like. I'm trying to. Yours was, as well. I mean, we, you know, it's a team effort. Person that says they know everything should quit and sip on them. Reggie, are you listening? <laughs> uh, well, as far as like, so as, as far as team effort goes, it sounds like to clear an implant, it certainly is a team effort, but ultimately you default to what the VRT says and not the site itself. Sounds like. This, well, it's we we ultimately make sure that it's been vetted by the site, and if and then we revet it, and if we disagree, then we discuss it again. We, we that's that's it. We don't and don't say exactly no. We put it on delay until somebody of a higher or the radiologist or somebody says yes, I approve it, and then we do what the site says. And that's in our contracts too that we we have the right to refuse um, a patient to or due diligence. And at each site, we have an MRND or we have somebody tag either at the site or associate sites who's kind of, you know, the final say in, uh, you know, what they're, you know, whether it's an implant application or parameters that we have to change, you know, they, they're, they're the ones who kind of decide and kind of, I would say is the end all, but I, our VRTs always have the opinion um, or the right to sit, to refuse if they, if they believe it's not, and then we work it up up the chain to, you know, Pete or whoever's necessary, and we kind of uh, try to figure out what the problem is, but we haven't run into that yet. Everybody 
here. Nobody wants to take a risk, as you guys know, with MR, but it's more the opposite is that, you know, if there's question, we're going to say, no, let's hold off until either we get a card, if it's an implant, or we get some more information. So I, I think we've just been lucky. We've had great collaborators. We have, yeah, but as I think right now, our VRT at our site and the managed and the, 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 you know, head techs make our decisions. And then on the imaging center side, we kind of either it's MRMD, MRSL, or whoever is kind of labeled as um, the, the head on their site we work together with. So it seems to be a pretty reoccurring theme here, which is just thoroughness. Um, a lot of foresight and stuff like that. And so I guess that also comes down to your crediting bodies. And so um, how have you guys addressed that? That's Satinder? Yeah, sure. So that's part of the process of this, you know, one and a half to two years of work beforehand is, is kind of realizing that, you know, accrediting bodies, um, we're a little bit behind the ball with this. They didn't, you know, the ACR didn't really have much on remote scanning other than one sentence in the beginning of their manual. Um, uh, so we really worked to kind of have the foresight to know that these, these, these bodies, although not yet, uh, approaching it, they're going to have to do it. So that, that kind of was in the, the, the realm that we built this, this atmosphere and ecosystem with the bifurcated system. Um, and spent so much time, but, um, you know, we honestly believe as others out there do that, that, that this role is, is, is the most safe, um, and efficacious way to, to buy the remote scanning ability without adding too many third party hands. Um, so luckily, you know, I'd say maybe two and a half years ago, we, got, we were, uh, in touch with Gary Kerniel from RatSite and they've been extremely forward thinking, um, and actually have their own remote standards which they're the first and I think only crediting body to have individual remote MRI standards that lay out how, how remote scanning should be done. What should the requirements be of the on-site person? What should the requirements be of the remote technologist? Um, and actually we were able to, um, get the, our MRI tech aid program, uh, uh, approved by, it took almost a year and a half of, of them working with us to build the pro to build and understand the program. So it's approved as a as a certified, I think the only certifying program for RAT site. So for RAT site accredited facilities, which is, you know, RAT and that and uh, SignMed, a bunch of large facilities are, are RAT site people are moving over. Um, as far as ACR, they're coming out with a new new standards. Um, they they came out with a draft, which was kind of kind of had a lot of it's kind of all over the place. To be honest, it was just you know a lot of different hands at play, and you know. Uh, we we're in touch uh, with many thought leaders in safety, um, and a few of them are actually going to be on a board that we're putting together um, very shortly. And you know, I think all of us were kind of on the same line that that it was a fragmented approach, and it was a good early kind of approach. So right now they've taken um, kind of community uh, comments, and they're going to come back. So we're we're awaiting the ACR to see what they're going to come back with this as as the way they they envision um, remote scanning to be. To be operated again they're not a you know they're not a legal entity it's just a it's a recommendation um and you know we're definitely we would like to be on the same page and you know we're open to speaking to anyone you know on the acr committee and we've been in touch with some people um you know here and there so i would say right now we, we work really closely to make sure that we either on you know partying with or know what's what's going on with those with those different segments so always you know it, it's it's in the end we're not running mri facilities right so we're not ever being the ones accredited through these facilities so we always 
it's always the responsibility of, of the end person, our customer to kind of make sure that they're, um, you know, following all the recommendations, you know, the phantoms, the other things that, you know, we, uh, we don't necessarily keep on top of for them, but we, 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 uh, would, you know, ensure that they, they are accredited or maintain their accreditations and we're there to help however necessary. Well, Dr. Sedentary, you did mention a safety board and how there are some names. Are we able to name those people yet or? Um, yeah, Neil's the one who's in, and um, I, I yeah. think we're just, you know, um, I, I, you know, not coming from a business background at all, you know, just being a radiologist, I would have said 100% yesterday, I looked to Neil and Ryan, who are the two, uh, there's some documents that have to be signed, but they're going to be people, everybody, I mean, knows, and potentially, I mean, maybe a bit on your podcast, but there'll be, there'll be people, you know, who are, who are preeminent people, I would have to say, and, you know, Maybe by the time this comes out, we will have something we can kind of give you a little uh, blur to say out there. But we're very, we're very close. You know, the thing is, is like, you know, we appreciate them helping us, but we also expect a lot from them. So we we've written out kind of uh, what what we want to have from a safety board, which is quarterly meetings, which is potential drop in site visits, which is a lot of things that people have to be they have to be on board with. You know, so we're we're hoping it's about you know, anywhere from four to five people. So um, we've had about three secured hundred percent and then we're just getting the other two, but maybe, you know, uh, by our today, we should have the full board out, but uh, definitely people, you know, and, and they have been on your podcast. Yeah. And then and we're, and we're creating that as kind of an independent body. Cause you know, we created this, like you said, years ago with safety in, in mind and, you know, with our own kind of backgrounds in safety and knowledge, but now we want to, give that off to an independent body basically in the sense that we we want it to we want there to be no bias uh you know no the oversight to be um you know non-judgmental no no kind of incentive necessarily from the company that's that's just the way to go as we as you can see where safety is like the only thing that's at the top of our list so we think making an independent board is is where it's to go where where that will go and and we have to abide by you know their kind of um rules and regulations and oversight you know, as I'm looking at the clock here, I see we're about to lose Neil. Thank you for your time, Neil. But before you have to leave, I do want to get, like, what is your mission statement? Yep. So, um, you know, I think it's been uh, pretty pressed uh, the last couple of uh, minutes here, but uh, MRI safety, right? So uh, when we look at, you know, uh, scaling, you know, our current operation, um, it's safety focused, you know, uh, and, you know, backed by experienced technologists, uh, as the core, right? So, um, just looking at the processes and procedures, seeing how the process works, being able to have this checks and balances with our, with our safety committee, uh, and being able to really dive deep and see, you know, where the problems may lie. There might be problems not here today, but that might come down the pike. So, uh, it's very important to, to essentially assess every single, uh, potential as, as a risk, uh, and our goal is to de-risk every single component of it. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. Well, yeah, thank you guys. And I owe you a trip to Vegas, uh, to Scottsdale. So uh, I know I've been saying it for a while. <laughs> All right, guys. Bar. Yeah, I, I, I heard you offer them a trip to Vegas, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See you guys. And you know. And so we've kind of talked about Alpha RT, um, your mission statement, your your vision, uh, your due diligence you put into this. I'd also like now to kind of get into like remote scanning and ask some of the questions that our 
community is asking us to ask you guys. Um, and so I have a list of those. Uh, I think a good transition is one of, one of the questions was, is how are you guys able to trust the MR Tech Aid? Well, obviously with the certificate program that we've created um, and, the, and the, the feedback that we get from, from, the, uh, from the facility itself, um, which we do ask for regularly, is uh, how we build the trust and, and communicate with that, with that tech aid. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so if I just wanted to add one point, sorry to interrupt, um, yeah. but pe before we begin an assignment uh, where we're linking you know, our VRTs with an MRO tech aid, there's you know, a couple days, almost a week, where mm. that remote tech is shadowing an on-site tech and working intimately with the MRO tech aid to develop that rapport. Uh, because ultimately, on a day-to-day -day basis, those two are hand-in-glove, like the pilot-co-pilot -pilot analogy. Um, and so we provide that time for them to really get to know each other and develop a nice rhythm. Um, but uh, I just wanted to add that little piece as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we audit this relationship. It's not, you know, we our, our partners, like I said, are very you know, forward thinking and, you know, we've had, you know, many tech aides that we've trained, you know, and I would say there's been a few who probably just weren't up to what was necessary. And, you know, that can, that's apparent, you know, I would say pretty quickly, um, you need someone who's forward thinking and, you know, uh, kind of, uh, flexible and, and, you know, understands that there's a, there's a hierarchy here and some people just don't follow that. And, you know, we, we are pretty quick to, to, to identify that and then mitigate it either with, more training or with just saying that, you know, maybe this isn't the best role because again, you know, we're, we're, we're not looking for sub bar performance. You know, it's, it doesn't work in this, in this field. And this is, you guys know, it needs to be, uh, you know, everything needs to work fluidly and efficiently and, you know, people need to be learners and forward thinkers. So, uh, you know, the vast majority of people we've been, it's been great, but we do monitor and we take any of our VRTs comments or questions, um, or concerns about an MRTA, um, very, you know, very significantly, we will address those. So these are experienced techs you're hiring. Do you guys have a minimal years of experience or? We'd like somebody to be into the, you know, three to five year minimum. Really? Um, you know, you, you need to, you need to experience, uh, real life MRI, you know, with, at the magnet, with the coils. Uh, I think somebody right out of school, this would probably, they would love it. But I don't think you're really getting the MRI experience that you need. Uh, the, the, the patience that it requires to talk a patient into it, uh, the, the compassion of it, the, the, the putting somebody in and seeing them getting nervous and holding a hand, um, that part you lose, obviously, with the DRT. Uh, we've all done it. I've, I've sat in machines myself while kids were getting scanned, you know, with their parents right there. Uh, that part, you, you, don't, you don't get with this, which was just unfortunate, but, but from that experience, you can build on when you're, when you're a DRT and, and say, we understand, you know, we're not getting frustrated that, that this is taking longer or anything. So that's, that's what we look for. Anybody, we can teach anybody the physics, we can teach anybody that, but I think you need hands-on experience with, with patients. Yeah. Do you feel that, go ahead. Yeah, we also have an examination that, you know, just, I agree with Pete totally, you know, but I think, you know, subjective and objective, we also have a, an examination that um, any technologist takes before they um, even start the interview process. Basically, it's it's pretty real. It's a robust multiple choice and also um, kind of free answer um, test. And we look for them to score, you know, um, in the in the in the top 
10 percentile or so um, with you know certain pulse sequences aberrations or issues that you need to, you need to kind of repair or identify um, so um, it's it, I think that's a good screener for us because you know not only do we want compassionate tech we want we need a you know hot very high quality tech so we're able to kind of learn you know, if they're only scanned on a G forever, you know, they need they need to learn built. You want someone who's able to pick that up pretty quickly. Um, and we kind of, I, I would say, filter that out with this exam, you know. And if any tech is interested in watching, we're, we're, you know, please reach out to us. We'd be more than, uh, you know, happy because as we expand, we're definitely looking for, um, you know, forward-thinking technologists to join the team. Yeah, and we'll have your info below so people can hit that link for sure. Um just kind of shoot through these questions. Do you feel that remote scanning is less safe than conducting MRI in a traditional sense on site? No, actually, I think it's more safe. Um, the role is bifurcated now, right? So the, the MR tech gate is, is totally, totally with the patient, right? Sitting on site, whereas technologists, we're scanning, we're, we're, we're doing paperwork, we're documenting things, and then we're talking to the next patient. Uh, so we're not really giving a hundred percent to that patient. You, and we can all admit that as, as techs, um, where with the tech aid is giving a hundred percent to that particular patient at that time. And the technologist is concentrating on the patient that they're scanning at that time. So it's a twofold. I think the patient's getting better quality service and the technologist is more focused and less chance to make mistakes. And that answers one of my questions, like, cause a lot of people have this question. So is it a one-to-one -one tech? aid to patient ratio yes yeah you want to take that yeah yeah yes it's a it's a it's a one-to-one -one ratio that's that's and that's what pete was kind of alluding to before with a with one of our early clients we kind of wanted to use a tech aid to 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 screen the patient to sorry scan the patient but then also in the interim leave to a, an adjacent location and screen another patient and we just refused because uh like the, the whole thing breaks down they're exiting zone three or outside of that, you know, the rip cell right now, the way it works is a one-to-one -one relationship, one tech aid to one patient from the time they enter zone three, zone four to the time they exit. Um, and like Pete was saying that, that the tech aid and the VRT are in constant communication. So there's two sets of ears here, two sets of eyes. And we have at least three cameras at any um, location for the remote scanner to visualize what's going on. So they can see the patient, they can see the VRT, they can see the room. Um, uh, whole overall room, and if there's power injector involved, they, they can see the injector. So, um, we think in the way we built this, and you know, with time, hopefully, you know, it'll show is that this is a safer environment overall. Yeah, I think that's important because all really all it takes is just two patients to squeeze the ball at the same time, right? Yep. And that's a scenario that's very likely to happen. So, um, do you have any policies in place about claustrophobia, anaphylactic reaction, you know, like any kind of metal objects stuck in the bore? What, what do we do in these scenarios? Do you want me to take this or would you like to? Yeah. So, uh, again, this is that the two-year prior uh, start. We, we've actually built a manual, the what-ifs. Um, what if the patient is claustrophobic? What if the patient had uh, the, something in their pockets? Well, right there, right there. We don't let anybody in the room unless they're changed. That's more of our policies, and the and that's one of the questions that when we watch the timeout, is the person completely changed? So that supersedes the policy of the the site itself. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I mean that should be everybody's policy. I agree. Uh, nobody has put uh, anything 
against that in the mold, what we say. Okay. Uh, we don't put patients in with child penis to do a knee just because it's a knee. You hear that a lot from techs as well. Um, we have a, a manual for everything. Even if we lose an internet connection, uh, the machine is still knocking. It's usually for just a second. Uh, we dial back in and we continue the scan. If it's if it's uh, for longer than that, we let the machine uh, do the, the do the um, series that were prescribed, and at that point, the MRTA will take the patient out, let them know there's going to be a little bit of a delay, and then we communicate and get and get back online. So speaking of communication, this question I maybe should have asked one of the quicker first ones: Does the patient know that the scanning technologist is offsite? Well, we made it in such a way that the MRTA is taking such good care of attention to, to the patient himself. It's, the point is actually new. It's not really a question of who's handing. Sarah, the MRTA, is going to get all the credit for everything on that Yelp because she took such good care of me. The, the text really not not in, in the factor. Nobody says, are you scanning or or is someone scanning from Ohio from here or wherever? I guess to... So in their perspective, it's going to be relevant. Right. Yep. And we, we've asked our clients the same thing because obviously we're not there on site for the entire interaction. We've asked you know, our clients and we do it with KPIs and everything. And that's one of our questions is the patient satisfaction does the patient notice any difference. And uh, overwhelmingly, no, they, they're, they're not only have they not noticed anything, they're, they're, they they're, they're haven't had any complaints. They haven't had any, you know, where there'll be a few complaints here and there, I think along the lines of Pete saying that their only their only kind of charge is to make sure the patient is safe, comfortable, you know, gets the scan done and in the timely manner of their day. So along those lines, I think they're not as distracted with uh, planning an exam, with sending, you know, uh, reformats to a, to a radiologist who's like hounding you, which you know, I know being a radiologist exactly how that works, but I think we're taking away those other demands allows them to focus on, on safety, like we said, but also patient satisfaction and happiness. So we that we have not heard anything detriment to you know negative, but we've also heard some positives that you know it's just uh, they haven't um, had any complaints or, or any issues, and patients are happy. Um, back to the MR Tech A because that's going to be a lot of people's interest. Is is it within their scope to? Act? administrate um, contrast? Or is that, would, would RN need to be on site? How does that play out? Yeah, Pete, you can, I can say, okay. Um, so it depends on the state and the site. Actually, if they hire an EMT who is certified in getting injections and the site um, requires maybe the radiologist uh, do five injections, and then the then the tech aid surely can. Um, uh, other sites use the CT techs uh, to start IVs and injections. Um, uh, some of them come, some of the MRTAs come with, um, uh, medical, um, background and they have an injection, uh, license already. So at that point they can administer contrast. Depends on the state and the site. We follow whatever rules that the state and the site do. Are these sites all within the continental U.S.? Are you guys scanning outside of the U.S.? You're, I hope so, eventually, but no, there Yeah, I imagine there's there's steps to it. And one of our largest clients, they have all their, their they have all their MRTAs, uh, ACLS, sir. Oh, and so, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of above and beyond. I don't, I'm not even ACLS. I'm being, yeah. 
technologists are, are you know, BLS, even as a, as a radiologist, even though I am the end all, I'm at some of these offices, I'm only BLS or so, um, so I think that's a, a very forward thinking thing. And that's something we do say that it's a good idea. It's a two day thing, but I think, you know, um, they, they fit forward thinking in doing this. Um, and so along with that, that they potentially can then in certain states be eligible to, to administer contracts. But again, we leave it to the site in the states, you know, if they tell us the MRT date is, 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 can, can inject and it is certified to inject them. We'll go for, we don't credential anyone for that, but we make sure that whoever's doing it is, is going to be, you know, allowed to do it. Back in the late eighties, when I started, that's how old I am. Um, the radiologists had to eject. And then five years later we were ejecting because the radiologist got sick and tired of getting up. So, you know, who knows down the line, there might be, you know, ACR or whoever's the guidelines uh, we will follow accordingly. That there might be an extra exam or test or something that the tech A's can inject at that point but, but you know again we, safety is paramount to us so and then the reactions with mr contrast as you know is so much less than ct contrast so at least you know we're looking at exponentially lower reaction rates so um you know it's very safe uh as speaking of safety with patients and their condition when they come in are we are we doing just walkie-talkie outpatients or are we is this hospital is it acute care is it inpatients so, so far it's been a walkie-talkie, uh, part of, uh, there's really been no, um, inpatient care yet that we, we've, uh, come across yet. Um, we are talking to hospitals, um, to perhaps get in, uh, at that point, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, that's also what we've spoken in the, in that two year period that we didn't do anything. What ifs of that case scenario too. Uh, the people that would be transporting the patient into the room would have also take our exam, and and also we do have to know the number of, uh, of people that were going into the room, and, and are they the ones that took our exam? They have to be vetted as well. So, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the thing with the I'm sorry. And the thing with the hospitals is that that we're also looking to being you know an expert kind of eye as well for some of these hospitals. So sometimes they don't have the issue as big as the, the imaging centers with staffing, they had the issue with expertise because some of those hospital exams, you know, are critical patients or other stuff are, can get much more complicated, you know? So that's where we are looking to offer services and we're in talks like Pete said, but some hospitals, not necessarily taking over remote scanning, but it's, you know, we have this complicated, um, you know, uh, mapping study or something else that we want to do or something new like a certain Chiari type teams that we talked about with my client, but that's what we can come in and, and offer a service remote and do that, do that to get with a complement of technologists there. It's not necessarily an MRTA, but where we aid, aid them as like an expert um, eye to kind of help and, and, and do a case. So that's another kind of aspect when you talk about acute care, critical care program stuff that we, that we've, that we've had some clients who are interested in that specifically. And where I see that really, played a big part as far as benefiting the patient is like these rural hospitals where otherwise if they weren't able to get provided that care that means that they would have to be either transported to another hospital in a bigger city um, yeah. with these dedicated techs that can specialize in these specialty exams or they might have to get in the car themselves and drive two hours and you know or get a hotel or yeah uh, and so yeah i see that being very big yeah, and we we have a partner um, who's been doing this same type of operation in Brazil for for now about five or six years, and and they 
they've kind of proven your point exactly. There's actually, there's hospitals in the Amazon that have actually donation or what it is, an MR system, but for like two or three years, they've never been touched because they just don't have the ability to scan or the technologists or the people there. So they were able to remote in and set up the infrastructure in the Amazon and have uh, a nurse who was trained, you know, to administer the injection also safety wise. And they, they've been performing scans out there in remote places where people don't even have, like you said, like a car or any kind of transportation out. And, and they were, they also do CT, but they were able to do both. Um, so we kind of, in our initial talkings, um, were in touch with them and we learned the immense amount. And just like you said, we hope that we could bring that here. Uh, to the states, you know, in rural centers or underserved areas. I think most of these underlying questions too, comes from job security, right? A lot of people worried about their jobs, just like everybody said that AI is going to take over radiologists. AI is not going to take over radiologists. AI will take over the radiologists that don't use AI to help. Same thing goes with remote, right? It's not going to take over. We we don't want to take anybody's job. That you just want to transfer it. A different way, a different method of, of doing MRI um, by the same skilled technologists that are out there. Well, I, I mentioned that I put on a poll before this interview, and we got tons of engagement, and, and a lot of it was fear-based, and a lot of it had to do with safety. But I think the underlying issue with a lot of technologists is that they're concerned about their jobs being taken away from yeah. them, right? And uh, you know, we're all concerned about safety. Don't get me wrong, and kudos to you for being so due diligent, but. I think they use that, um, almost almost play that kick safety card when really their major concern is their job being taken from them. And and I and there's a staff shortage right now. And you guys are helping to fill that. Yeah. And, and so what I could kind of say, you know, uh, along those lines is, is uh, the only the experience I have is as a radiologist, right? Uh, so. There was a transition from film to to digital, right? Radiology, which was you know a massive transition, um, and that was many years ago. But with that cut came an exponential ability in the output of the radiologist, right? Like you could go from reading maybe you know thirty plenty film X rays a day to now reading two hundred twenty. You know, is the difference? There's a dearth of radiologists. The per, the thing that you have to factor in is that the growth of healthcare, the growth of imaging, is 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 much above this pace. The problem is, is we don't have enough solutions to keep up with the demand. So even remote scanning is not enough to keep up with the the, nest, the need for more technologists, the need for more radiologists, the need for more imaging centers. Like it's just, it's just growing because I mean that baby boomer population is getting older, but also everyone is just getting imaged more. It's just that's just how you know um, things are working. And the price of imaging is coming down, you know, and as time goes on, so it becomes more affordable. It becomes a first line. So. I, I know there is that worry and fear and the same, the radiologists who didn't want to switch over to the computer were like, well, you know, this, there's going to, they're not going to need radiologists anymore because one radiologist could do the job of war. But what outpaced that was that, that there's just millions more images that had happened in those amount of years, you know, um, you know, I think it's 42 million MRI scans are done now every year versus that it was maybe eight. So when, it, when this transition happened, so. I think that is definitely a worry, but I think this is kind of the writing on the wall. And I like Pete said, if they're worried, I think you should educate yourself and try, you know, see how you could become a part of it. Say for me in AI, you know, I can't, I, I have to be a part of AI and, and, and learn about it and how we use it, you know. And so um, it does help us, but it's not replacing us. And then my response to anyone who's worried about job security as an MRI tech would be, that we would love to hire you. 
Yes, that's what I was just going to say. We want you. We want you. This is the cut back. Come join the force. Yeah, and I think we'll probably wrap it up. We're going to actually interview one of your uh, your virtual technologists here in a bit, but I think we'll wrap it up with um, one thing that I, I noticed and you kind of touched on is like, you know, educate yourself. You said that Dr. Sender, or Sedinder, but, and it, what I found is that a lot of pe- these technologists that are opposed to this, they feel as almost as if it's a quick nope from there with exclamation points, right? And they need to understand that this isn't up for a ballot. This isn't, you know, whether they vote against it or not, it's going to happen. This is the way of the future. And so use that energy um, in a more productive way. Come up with ideas of how to make this work versus using that energy to be so opposing to it. Let me ask you both a question, Reggie and Rob. How do you guys feel about it? Be be honest. I mean, this is not a this is not a commercial. This is this is a, a podcast. How do you feel about uh, remote scanning? In for me, it, I, I was very skeptical at first, and actually, so I we had Doctor Sherlock on last year, almost around this time, and I, I specifically asked him this question, and because I wanted to know his thought on it, and he was really really assuring to me because you know at the end of the day, safety is our number one concern. Well, who's one of the most notorious safety gurus in this industry when you're Dr. Shellock and he's actually supportive of it. He says, but with that comes checks and balances. You have to do your due diligence like you guys have done. And, but he sees it for what it is. This is the way of the future. And he's being productive in his thought process versus being so negative at, and, and being opposing to it. So um, initially I was more skeptical, but now I see it as this is the way it is. Either get on or get off. So, uh, yeah. So you would work for a remote scanner? Absolutely. Okay. Reggie, would you work for a remote scanner as well? Where can I sign out? <laughs> Alpha RT. Correct. I think one of the best things that you guys are doing, and I don't know if we touched on this, uh, but it's just how you're still bringing everyone together, right? So it's like the technologists aren't doing this at home. They're not in your PJs. There's a location where you guys can bounce things all of each other still if you're having this user of Darius protocol to someone that might have been... Um, you know, come across the situation before you'd be like, oh, what'd you guys do with this last time type of thing? Like, I like that you're not kind of on an island by yourself trying, you know, yeah, figure this remote thing out. So, nope. In fact, it's funny that you mentioned that we have a few products that we're working on and some of it has an AI component to it that will um, help solve that problem as well. All right. Uh, so we're not just, you know, not just the walling and one trick pony. We have uh, a few things down the road, but we have to get this road, like Ryan said, make sure all the potholes are filled before we uh, we drive the eye, right, right? So, I've had a few words, but actually, so we do like to kind of go around the room. We have, uh, this is probably our one podcast with the most of other guests. Normally it's more one-on-one, but I always ask the same question to kind of wrap it up. Like what has been the most satisfying or fulfilling moment of your healthcare career? There's been a few. Um, one personal is a particular patient that I took care of. And there, um, his wife came to me at the funeral. We became friends. And she said, if it wasn't for me, he would have never lasted for long. I didn't do anything with the radiation. I just visited him. Now I spoke. In fact, we had more glow, you know, the glow sticks. Uh, we played a joke on the nurses. We put the glow sticks in, in the urinal and said, and, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing to me? And actually, my son is named after that patient. So that's all awesome. Yeah. And that very same as Anthony. So uh, if Anthony's wife is watching, 
She'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, this higher uh, dedication. And the other thing is how much um, how much this has exploded. How much show that from I, I started when it took two technologists all day long and working hard to do five patients, and now we're doing them so much quicker, so innovative, and uh, and my son also and help me um, jump on the entrepreneurship part of it. Like you know, I, I had a nice job, I had a steady income, and uh, uh, you know. It, I dropped the security for doing something like this, you know. So you took a leap of faith. I did. Yeah, well, well, you believe in it, right? I do. I do. I do believe in it. Like I said, I'll be the oldest MR tech you ever met if it's in the work. <laughs> and then we'll kind of we'll, we'll finish with you, Doctor Sedender. But what would you say, Ryan? Well, I'd say the when when we were able to create a thing that didn't exist that allowed something to happen that couldn't happen before, and that was. We brought on a technologist who could not have done his or her job as a technologist because of an implant that that person had. And that person was able to perform his or her trade, use his or her talents as an MRI tech because of the remote setting. And for me, that that was that was alchemy. That was creating something out of nothing and letting someone continue to do what they were best at because of this new paradigm. Um, and that's something that uh, I'm really proud of. I mean, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, obviously coming from the healthcare field, I have, you know, many of these, I would say that, you know, cause that, I guess in each stage of my career, I've had a lot, but I would have to say before Alpha, those were all personal. And now that Alpha exists, it's almost an extension of us. and. I would have to say, you know, for me, the, the, the one that most sticks out is most, and it's most recent, it's, there was a case and, and Pete, I know we talked about the DTI, but we had a, um, a Chiari patient who was ill and just, um, needed, uh, to be scanned in Ohio, but there was no place that scanned or was able to, or to do a Chiari, say that a pediatric patient within the nearest, I think three to five hours The family couldn't didn't have either transportation, you know, it was, and I think the patient was actually active herniating, whatever it was, even the hospital couldn't do it. He was able to put together a protocol, uh, a robust protocol, and have the patient scanned and done all together within two hours. The patient went to a facility within 15 minutes of their house, which is a place that we scan. Um, and so much so that, you know, even the radiologist wrote to us, everyone wrote to us, and the, they talked about how the patient's family was so appreciative. So with all the things that I had in my I've been very personal and, 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 and kind of one-sided, which, you know, I think I appreciate it for me getting here, but this was the first thing that I saw that I was a part of that can just, that they can just grow exponentially. I know we've used that word a lot, but what we've created at Alpha is something that can touch so many more lives than I can just do by myself. So that to me, not only did it help that one patient, but I just saw, just had the vision of what we can do to help so many other people in, in so many different you know, now unique situations. Um, so that I would say was my, was, was the most unique experience, the best experience for me. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. We're going to interview one of your virtual techs. Um, thank you what you guys are doing for the community. I, and it's for those of you that have your questions, I had them too. I understand them. Educate yourself, open your mind. This is the future. And, um, comments. yeah. And now uh, we'd love to hear your comments, comment below. And look for the links on how you can get a hold of these guys. If you're interested in physician, um, they'll be happy to hear from you. Yeah. Remote, you can always go to remotemriscanning.com too. Yeah. Awesome.
Reggie, say the words. Zone 3 Podcast, we are out. <laughs> <laughs>